Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. This week, I'm doing something a little different. I'm I'm uh, have one of my friends as a guest this week, my friend Shannon, and we're doing what's called unscripted conversations with friends. Uh, we have had so many conversations where at the end of those conversations, I say, we should have done this as a podcast. We should have recorded this. And so today's the day that we're doing that. So Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Sloan. I'm very excited. I really am excited. Um, I do often think we're brilliant. Uh, so I guess we'll find out today if that's true. <laughs> right. Well, and Shannon and I have known each other, what, probably been 10 years now. It's been, it's been a long time. Yeah, and one of the things that I love about our friendship is our raw honesty with each other. But also when we come to, we both know that, you know, if we're going to have a conversation about something we're going to come to a solution at some point, maybe not in that exact conversation, but we're not here to just bitch about things and, um, you know, complain. We do that sometimes, but for the most part, you and I are solution oriented people and that's what we go after. Yes. Um, I've all, I have loved that about our friendship. I think it's important. We all need to vent. Okay. We're all going to have really bad days. Um, and I think that pressure release is good. But if you stay in that, it, it it's self it's really self destructive, right? Um, and you, I think we all need a relationship and a friend that's like, okay, I hear you, I understand, I got it. Now, what can we do about it? Exactly. You always you you do a great job with me. It's like, okay, now what portion of this can we control? Mm-hmm. What portion of this are we bringing on ourselves? Um, and, and what's the, you know, what's the possible solution? Um, and boy, for every time, you know, one of us trips and falls, cause it happens constantly. You just have to keep getting back up. And I know that sounds ridiculous. I mean, or almost trite, but it's, it's honestly the truth. It is true. And it's, um, especially now, and in our topic today, we're going to talk about Shannon and I did a little brief, uh, brainstorming about this. Cause I didn't want to spend a lot of time on the show trying to work through it. I at least wanted us to have the topic. So we're going to talk about breaking out of mental quarantine habits. Uh, this is something we have touched on a lot, but the uns- what, and what I mean by unscripted conversations is a lot of times when I'm talking with people, I at least have a pretty good outline of what I want to talk about. I, I spend some time planning that, but with these conversations, just like if I was picking up the phone and calling you, they're unscripted, right? I have yeah. an idea of what I, what my, you know, what I'm dealing with, but um, I really want this to flow like a normal phone conversation as, as, as friends. And hopefully the listeners will um, enjoy this too. So uh, to kick us off today, before we actually get into the topic, I want to do a little fun icebreaker. And I think you're going to like this question. So, oh, Okay, so here's the question. What is one insult you received that you're proud of? That I'm a contrarian because they think it's an insult. I, I don't even know. I mean, like, thank you is, right. yeah, it, it, they thought it was an insult. Honestly, I'm not sure there could be a better compliment to me. <laughs> um, there's probably, I could almost probably come up with like six different insults. Um, hard-headed Am I allowed to give more than one? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Hard-headed. And, mm-hmm. and, and for me, that one is a double-edged sword because, mm-hmm. um, you know, like that reminds me of my 
parents calling me hardheaded as a child. So that part of it, I don't like, but the other part of it, I interpret as dogged determination. Right. And, and it actually feels good knowing I'm hardheaded. I feel like it's, 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 it's an actual empowerment as long as it's not my parents telling me I'm hardheaded. <laughs> right. Well, and when, when somebody's telling you you're hard, you're hardheaded, they, they recognize your willingness not to give up. Right. Yeah. They're, they see that in you. Um, yeah. My insult that I've received that I'm proud of is that I was too much. Oh, I've been told yeah. that my whole life, boyfriends, friends, coworkers, everybody somewhere along the way. It's, I actually, somebody told me that probably about a year or two ago now, I think it's been, I think I did a show on it, but that I am too much. And that to me is, uh, that is not an insult to me. That means I'm doing my job. I'm putting myself out there. I'm trying different things and take it for what it is, but that's who I am. I was told when I moved from Michigan to Nashville in 1994, so I was this Yankee, mm-hmm. if, if Midwest is Yankee, but whatever. I moved down here and they said I was too much Shannon. <laughs> and it has stuck with me to this day. Um, so like in a work environment, I might try not to be right. so Shannon. But to your point, in a personal situation, I think it's great. Okay. So yeah. So like I was saying, I've been told that I was too much and um, that's... Uh, that, that to me is not an insult. I think it's a, it's a compliment and I'll continue to be too much. And you know, when you told me that too, not that I was too much, but you told me when I was, uh, when I first started putting videos out and I was critiquing myself, right. I was saying, <laughs> one of the things I feel like when I watch myself on video is that my mouth doesn't move very much. I don't know why I feel like that, but that's what I feel like. And you told me, you said, that's you, but that's just you, whether it does or doesn't, it doesn't matter. That's you. And, you know, hearing that, and I remind myself that every time I'm doing a recording that, um, this is me, I get to be me. I get to show up here and I get to be me. And what other people's opinions are on it is that's, they could, they get to have theirs, but I still get to be me. That's right. And I'm, it's good to see action, Mm -hmm. whatever. I don't like to hear myself in audio. Um, So this is challenging for me. Uh, It's a really good thing though, but it's, we're our own worst critics. And to me, you're out creating, giving back, serving. I mean, it's, it's a good thing. Be all sorts (laughs) of too much. Yeah. Be all sorts of too much, be yourself, just get out there and do it. Right. That's, yeah. uh, that's, um, that's the name of the game right now, I think. And, and so let's get into our topic today about breaking out of mental quarantine habits. And let's first talk about what we mean by this. What, what does breaking out of mental quarantine habits mean to you? The truth is, is well before quarantine, I have had numerous bad habits I've had endless mental roadblocks, um, self-imposed. Right. When, the, when quarantine happened, it became a physical quarantine. And, you know, you know, we can get into, you know, maybe one day, like kind of, if you will, the politics. But if we just talk about the physical, what happens when they lock you down. And it might be okay for two weeks. You know, you're a team player, maybe even a month, six months. Fast forward a year. I had fallen so far into a physical quarantine and my mental and my mental quarantine was was just as strict as the physical restrictions that were being put on. 
And I became everything loathed might be too strong of a word, but uh, it's actually kind of how I feel. I, I, I was putting physical or chains on my mind, which was causing me to be the person I had worked very hard not to be. And I used that physical quarantine as an excuse. It wasn't conscious, but I was using that physical quarantine as an excuse for all sorts of bad behaviors. Like what, what would be an example? Um, my favorite thing in the world is to do nothing. Okay. <laughs> if you I'm actually going to write a book. You've heard it here first. And I'm going to call it lazy like me. I am not like you. I, 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 I am just not as disciplined. You remove that structure from my life. I fell right into it. Um, it you know, work starts at, you know, pick your time. Are you, you know, getting onto your desk at 7am or 8am? Okay. I can, I can make it from my bedroom to my office in two minutes you know, and so I would sleep in. Um, those lazy physical habits turned into lazy mental habits. I saw the quality of my work um, declining. But what I think is really interesting about this is I almost think we all were, we all lowered our expectations. Yeah. So we lowered our physical expectations, but it, it's been happening in the mental or professional world. Cause now if you fast forward from March of 2020 till now, I personally think oh, a lot of us are falling apart mentally. Yeah. I don't mean to be glib. I'm not trying to say people are crazy. What I'm saying is our mental patterns. I feel at least my mental pattern has shaped mirrored that physical quarantine. Um, so yeah. yeah, lazy, most certainly. Yeah. It, the to, mental quarantine to me, breaking out of mental quarantine habits, I guess our, our topic, what, what that means to me is it's along with what you're saying. It's the, it's almost the, the aftermath of the physical. So we went through this physically and mentally we were, you know, it was confusing. It was scary. It was, Oh my God, what's next, you know? And, and we went through that in a very traumatic, right. Very, very traumatic for all of us. Cause we didn't know. Right. And you know, here we are, what, what is this a year and almost not quite two years, a year and a half in I'm, I feel I'm still, even though I can physically go do stuff, I can physically go places or, you know, whatever mentally, I find myself being telling myself I can't for whatever reason, out of convenience, out of uh, not wanting to deal with things. Now, as I go out and experience things, they're different. They're um, sometimes unnerving. Sometimes it's just, I just think it's, ridiculous, whatever, you know, there's all these different aspects to it that are, that make it, um, sometimes hard to deal with. And some days I'm not in the mood for that. And other days I'm just like, I, I think I just have this stuck on repeat that I, I can't go do something for whatever yeah. reason. And it yeah. keeps me small. It keeps me stuck in, in my space. Yeah. It, it keeps you small. That's a, that's a, it's a great way to say it. Um, I heard someone recently say you win with, like you win with your actions, you don't win with an argument. Well, if you're physically locked away, can somebody see your actions? You know, you want to lead by example, but if you're separated physically, I think the natural thing to do is to separate yourself mentally. You know, 
and people can't see your actions. So when we, as the world started to open up um, or, or we're going out more and more, I think kind of, again, those mental, we're thinking we're going to get into an argument yeah. and that mental is pulling the physical back. And it's just this really weird circle. And I don't know why recently, like we were, we were just deciding it's like, I've now had enough of quarantine Shannon. I have had enough of her. I am curious as to why I didn't have enough a year ago. I'm curious, you know, maybe that's oversharing. I'm very interested in why did it take me well over 18 months to finally say, this really isn't who I want to be. Right. And so, but yeah, I'm, I'm done. And so I have to put my actions where I want to be mentally. And the only person that mental quarantine is self-inflicted. You don't need a law. You don't need a mandate. In fact, I, you know, the whole COVID and quarantine could be gone, but I'm telling you, I've already done it to myself. Um, yes. Yeah. And I'm with you on that. I'm still, again, like I said, I still feel like I'm there. And I find that when I, so I had an experience last night, I went, I've been trying to go back and I I have been going back on occasion, not trying. I have been going back uh, um, for social dancing, which I loved prior to quarantine. Now I will say also some of the things that I used to do, I did really use that time to say to myself, do I still want to do these things again? Right. And there was a lot of things. The answer was no, I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm doing it because I think I have to, I'm doing it because I'm afraid I'm going to miss out. I'm doing it because blah, 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 whatever. And so, but dance was one thing that I enjoyed. I don't want to do it as much as I was before, you know, three and four nights a week, but every once in a while, yeah, for something different. I went last night and I, I still find myself, um, saying even a lot of my friends were saying, I just want it to be like it was before because so-and-so was here and I could dance with that person. And I don't see that person anymore. Or you see somebody that you haven't seen for a year and a half and you don't have the same connection that you used to. Nobody knows where anybody is, right? We're all in these different places with it. And it's, um, it's disappointing. It makes me sad. It makes me, then I'm like, why am I even bothering to do this? But then on the other hand, I tell myself, so what, what would you like to do then stay home alone mm-hmm. for the rest of your life and put yourself, like you're saying, continue the mental quarantine that's self-imposed. I mean, no, the answer to that is no, I don't want that. So finding that balance there, that's still what I'm struggling with right now is finding that balance of putting myself out there doing things. It doesn't just have to be dance. It could be anything. I mean, anything I'm talking about going to a restaurant and sitting down and having something to eat, right? Anything it's, it's, it's almost like taking these expectations off and just letting the situation be instead yeah. of going in with expecting it to be bad or expecting it to be, you know, whatever. And I think I went through a lot of time expecting things to be a certain way. And so I'm, that's part of what I'm continuing to do to mentally impose quarantine on myself. You know, what I find interesting about what you just said is, and going back to my book, uh, lazy like me. Now I'm going to have to write it. <laughs> right. Um, do it. <laughs> is, is I wasn't, I didn't dance. I didn't go to concerts. You know, um, I can, I'm, I'm a middle-aged married woman living and, and, and I like my quiet life, but I never, I didn't feel the mental shackles. What I find really interesting is, is, um, Part of us thinks that if we build a fortress around ourselves, 
we're protecting ourselves. Okay. So if you think about them mandating quarantine and sending us all that isolation actually is the danger. Mm -hmm. Like, and then we all did it at the same, we all did it at the same time. So I think we're all kind of wrestling with that, but now I think the only way to get out, number one is, is internally. So for me, it is acting. I've learned so much from you through your podcast and it is creating what I want. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the first thing. So I have to create it, but then there really is no boundary. There's not a physical boundary that can prevent me from getting to connect with others. So if it's, if it's dance, great. I found this, I I'm reaching out to other people that I haven't talked to in a while. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm thinking social media for me is a little too technological. It's not personable. Right. But guess what? And I think in those 18 months, or maybe it was significantly longer that I haven't talked to some of these people we've grown apart. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're not what I, I need to help get me out and move forward, then I, I need to go out and find people who understand to break free finally from, from the, the self-imposed fortresses we put on ourselves. Right. Um, and being willing to continue to do it, even when it's awkward. That's another thing so that awkward. I found with this, like with dance, I'm just going to use that as the example. Cause that's something that um, I've, I've done a few times and had these experiences where I'll go out and it'll be awkward. Like one of my other friends, yeah new people came up and, and she was introducing me and, and I hadn't been around new people in so long. I, I kind of forgot how to be. And so she, you know, I was sitting there and she said that I like withdrew, you know, pulled my hands in or whatever. And I was just kind of like, hi, you know, and I didn't even notice I was doing that. And afterwards mm-hmm. when she walked, those people walked away, she said, what's wrong with you? And I said, nothing. Why? And she said, well, you just acted, you know, like you just didn't care that, you know, you didn't even notice them. I was like, Honestly, I wasn't even thinking about it. It was like, I was so far out of that, um, meeting new people. Cause I hadn't done it in so long. And then the whole night I felt awkward and I felt bad. And I felt like, Oh my gosh, I hope those people, I, I didn't mean to do that. Right. And I'm beating myself up over it. And then I just had to finally come to terms with, it's going to be awkward sometimes getting back out there and that's okay. And you might have shitty nights and you might have awkward encounters, but everybody else is going through it too. And that's right it's, so it's not just you and everybody's finding their way in this. Everybody's figuring it out. And I think if we can allow ourselves the space to remember that, you know, kind of not prepare yourself in a way to expect for these things, but more of like a, you know what, it's going to, it's okay. It's okay. If I have a bad night, it doesn't mean the rest of the nights are all going to be bad. It's golly. That's so true. I mean, that's so true because if in theory, when we, so you can go out seven nights a week, if you want, we could have done it pre pre COVID. The truth is, is we could do it post COVID it's we were, or I was at least agreeing to these arbitrary rules. And then I embodied these rules and I took them in internally. Um, Now, when I go out, I can say, and I think this is part of the mental, this is, this is a me battle. I'm seeing people who still are afraid mm-hmm. and I don't want to be a part of that. Okay. I just right. don't. Right. You, I agree. Utmost respect to them. I'm avoiding the scared 
I'm avoiding the unhappy. I'm avoiding the unlucky. I am not letting their mental disease come and infect me. That's been the biggest challenge. I, I think, you know, we've talked about it. I mean, it's like part of it is like a, afraid of confrontation. Nobody's confronted me, but somehow I'm afraid that if I choose not to play this game, I'm going to get yelled at. Yeah. I want to be yelled at. Right. But I also am no longer willing to play their mental game. It's right. time to, to play a game that you don't believe in. That's it. And I'm, right. I'm playing the, I'll start another, like live your best life podcast. Like that's the game that I used to play. We used to be talking about self-growth, self-improvement. Um, we, we used to focus on all of that. Now we're focused on the chains and what somebody's going to give get. I don't know. It just, it's yeah. backwards. I don't like it. Yeah, I agree. I think we, you know, you and I had always talked a lot about that kind of stuff. We, I mean, over the years we've talked about that and it's been a focus. And then we had this interruption of a pattern mm-hmm. and, and then it was almost like, okay, I have, to, I, I get to, I get the option because that's another, I think, way to look at this is we get the option to restart this in any way that we want to yeah. getting the momentum I'm finding is a little difficult. It's been, but I'm, I'm trying different things. And some of the yeah. things I used to do don't work anymore and that's okay. But finding these, finding a way to get that momentum to start again. And I think that's why it also feels awkward because some of the things that I used to believe in, or some of the things that yeah. were my go-to, I don't have those security blankets anymore. And that makes me feel like I'm just flailing around in the world. Like, okay, what, what's next? Like what, I don't, what am I supposed to do here? But the, the, the part of it that I think I miss sometimes is I get to do whatever I want. I get to pick whatever I want. I get this to be whatever I want. And like you're saying with others, you know, the mental state of others and having them impose that fear or that, um, that, wanting to keep yourself in the box. Yep. Right. Is that I'm not, that is a no for me. I, 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 I was done with that on day one, but here we are almost two years later mm-hmm. and it's um, recognizing that and being okay to walk away from those situations, or it's not as bad as it used to be. I don't think at least here where we live in Tennessee with the confrontations from people. And I think everybody's majority of people are on the same page. We're done with this. Let's get on with our lives and live. But it, it the, and we've talked about this too, the way we grew up in our uh, indoctrination center is called schools. The way we grew up and we're told to be good little children who follow the rules yeah. and do what they say. And when they say something, whoever they is, whether you agree with it or not, you did it. And as adults, we're finding, I don't agree with what they say. So I don't want to do that. And we're going against the, the quote rules or the mandates or whatever you want to call it. And that is also a new feeling, I think for a lot of us, and it's uncomfortable. It gets us out of our comfort zone, which a lot of this is, that's a lot of this growth that we're seeing doesn't feel like growth but that's what's happening. We're growing into these other versions of ourselves that we get the opportunity to pick what we want those to be. And that's the perspective I'm trying to focus on. And it's, we have been rule followers. Okay. So I, I'm in the unique situation that I have uh, 80 year old parents and I have a 13 year old daughter. And I'm now she's out of government schools entirely. 
and I'm trying to teach her to be a, a social creature, a respectful member of society. And it is so challenging. My parents want to put that 1970s, 1980s, the way they raised me, right. you know, you automatically respect authority. You automatically obey. You automatically, you automatically, automatically. And it just doesn't feel right anymore. And it's okay. I think what I'm trying to say, it's, it's very interesting to try to raise your daughter even at an early age to understand that just because somebody is in a physical position of authority does not mean you owe them your obedience. Right. Especially if you don't agree with it internally and it's something, you know, we we've let go of our own personal what's right for us for so long in the name of authority or in the name of someone supposedly knowing better than you about whatever the topic is. And that is, as we did that, that's something I saw over the past year and a half too, people continuing to do things that they didn't agree with and how much that chips away at a person's soul. Without a doubt. And you see people walking around with dead eyes, you know, just, just existing because I think we had such a rapid fire succession of chipping, 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 chipping away at people's souls. And I, I'm not, I won't do, I will not live that way anymore. Mm -hmm. I will not. And I, no, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that you won't. I'm, I'm not. And it's very interesting though. My daughter is also very literal. So if she sees a sign that says masks, you must wear a mask. She'll put hers on and I walk in without. Um, Well, then that just starts a 45 minute conversation of why mom, why mom, why mom or whatever. And it's, it's just a really she's, she's forcing me to really try and explain to her, like, again, like what our moral compasses and our value based again, it's, 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 it's spiritual, it's emotional, but it's also mental. I don't need a law. I don't need a rule to govern how I'm going to live morally because, you know, I, I am, part of this universe. I am connected to the world and there are morals. I mean, I don't know who said it, but it's like, I'm not the, the libertarian argument of like, you can legalize drugs. You know, I've had a conversation decades ago with my parents about it and they're like, Oh my gosh, it'd be chaos. I'm like, well, you're assuming I'm not smoking weed or shooting heroin because it's, it's illegal. A, it's the law. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm like that. I mean, like we know this, like you murders, a you know what I'm, you know, exactly what yeah, I'm it's, well, you're I basically, don't need a law. Right. And you're not, you're not, you're not, not doing things because of the law. You're not doing certain things because I don't want to do those things. I don't want to shoot heroin. I'm not right. doing and, heroin, not doing heroin because it's a law. I'm doing it because I do not want to. Right. It's our, it's your moral compass. So right. I'm trying to guide my daughter with morality, with values based and that we don't have to always and if, if that situation in, in the mask instance, we have a choice to make. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I'm choosing in this situation to um, not wear the mask. If possibly confronted, especially if my daughter's there, I'm probably just going to choose a different establishment. And right. I'm trying to show her that power because it goes all the way back to the mental aspect of the game. 
I'm trying to say to, to my daughter, you always have a choice. Like what you hear so far? Take what you've learned and invest in yourself with the Create What You Speak Academy. Visit createwhatyouspeak.com to learn more. Now back to the show. I have a choice to stay in bed or I have a choice to get out of bed because I can work in bed with my laptop. Right. I could lay in bed and get what I thought was my dream. (laughs) You know, again, because I'm just lazy. (laughs) It's really not what I want, though. That's the mental choice. And that's the morality. Um, And you and I'm trying to say to her, it's okay to disagree with mom and dad. Right. Please, we're respectful in this house. We speak the truth in this house. And there's guiding principles in this house. But when we step out, people don't get to override that. Right. And but again, being sandwiched in when like my parents come in and the rest of the world. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, and what you talked about with always having a choice on, again, our topic, breaking out of mental quarantine habits. When we were in quarantine, it didn't feel like we had choices. It was very easy to go into that mindset of, well, I don't have a choice. I have to stay here. They are telling me I have to do this, or this isn't open. So I can't do that. Or I have to wear a mask if I go here and I don't agree with that. And I'm finding now I, it it would enrage me during this period of time of the past year and a half, when we were, I would go back to old principles like this. of we, I think we always have a choice or, you know, everything is always working out for me or, those kinds of things that I used to talk about on the show. And, and during, I, I really questioned those things. So I was like, why, why would I have created this for myself? Or how, how, what do you mean I have a choice? I, I don't have choices here. And when I got past the emotion of it, because I had to feel a lot of emotion for a sure. long time about that and, and go through the sadness and the rage and whatever I felt along the way, but really getting down to it. And, and it was almost like it just, kept crumbling away all of these stories that I had told or these elements of stories I had told myself, right. That all started to break away. And then I started to really actually see that I did have choices. They weren't always what I thought would have thought them to be as choices, but the number one choice starts with how your mindset, how you choose yeah. to look at something, your, how you're going to show up for the day, how you're going to energetically, what are you bringing into the day and yeah. what do you want that to look like? And it was very easy to forget that over the last year and a half. So starting with something basic as reminding yourself that you have choices is that for me, once I got once I got over my wanting to fight with myself and act like a child about that, then I started to finally soften to, okay, maybe it's time to let all of this go. Yeah. Yeah. And I had the roadblock of, I've always worked from home. So I'm, I'm very interested in now all of a sudden, okay, I don't travel anymore. I mean, that was a big shock. I mean, for 20, for me as well, yeah, yeah for mm-hmm. 22 years, I traveled almost every week for work. Yes, that was a shock. Y'all should be happy to know though. I'm still married. Our marriage has survived um, <laughs> the major change in schedules, but so working from home, though, has never been. And like, I didn't have to adjust to that. I'm used right. to that. So why all of a sudden was I using this? And I, if I can, I'll tell you why I kept 
where my anger was. I suspended my life willingly. I like to say I didn't, but I suspended my life willingly for well over a year before I decided to do something about it. And actually, honestly, you got pissed first. I was just late. I just came a little bit later than you. I thought, well, you know, I'll have a little more patience. The world will come to their, their senses. Mm -hmm. They have not come to their senses. I am in, but I just, it took me longer to get pissed. And it was finally when I was like, I suspended, I said, but it was mental again. I'm telling you again, because I'm not looking to go to, I don't know, New Year's Eve in Madison Square Garden. That's, or wherever the hell they have it. I, that's not interesting to me, but I still gave up things that I like to do. Oh my gosh. Should I tell you this? If I didn't, I'm going to tell you now. I was, um, after church one day, um, I told my husband and my daughter, I was like, you know what? I just want to go watch football and I'm just going to go watch some football and so ponied up to the bar. I know that sounds really bad, but that's what I did. Ponied up to the bar and this overserved gentleman basically in a commercial break was like, what do you like to, you know, what don't you do when you're, when you're being a wife and a mom? What, what are some of your hobbies? I was like, I had no idea. Yeah. So he asked me what my hobbies were. And I honestly didn't know what they were. I love so much to read. I love to write. I can do that anywhere. But I think I had a pattern that I did it on a plane or when I had quiet time in a hotel room or all those kinds of things. So again, all of this was self-imposed by me. So now I have to unimpose it. Right. And And I cannot blame anybody else. I can't blame anyone. And that's our, I think the first part of this though, is even recognizing that we were in it. Yeah. You know, recognizing that it's because I felt like this was how it was going to be the rest of my life, which was also another layer that added to this. It made me feel more dread and more anger, sadness, you know, just kept repeating the, the unfolding of the emotions. And then it was, it hasn't been that long ago when I finally was like, no, I get to do this differently. I get to have, I have choices as much as I want to try to pretend that I don't, I do. And now what I'm working through is what do I want that to look like? Cause I don't know. I know some things, but some things I don't know the answer to. And instead of looking at as looking at that as being scary or being annoyed or being like, I want my old life back, which I don't, I can't say the hundred percent that I do. There was, like I said, there were a lot of things I did. I don't know why I did them, but now it's that design phase. I feel like, I feel like it's when I, how I designed my life when I moved here and I, everything happened so quickly. I mean, I'm at one of those spaces again, where I get to, okay, what do you want it to be like? What do you want your days to be like? Cause we're seeing a lot of, we're seeing the truth of a lot of things that we didn't necessarily see before. And we can't unsee some of the things that we're seeing. And because we're seeing these things, it's changing our perspective on the world and what we thought we wanted. And so now is an opportunity, I think, to decide what it is that you want. Actually decide not what you think you have, not because you think you don't have choices. What is it that you actually want? And that, that for me is what I'm working through to move past this, to get, to break this mental quarantine and get over it. 
myself, right? Get over the impo- the limitations I'm putting on myself. And I don't mean to say that in a way that's because what we went through was traumatic. It was, it was, and yes. I lived alone and I still do. Yes. And it was very hard for me. That was very going through this alone. I think I still have anger about that because uh, people who didn't go through it alone don't understand how it was to go through it alone. And so I think I still have some anger about that, but whatever, it's what it is. And I deal with it as it comes up. So I, I don't say this, like get over it and just dismiss yourself and, you know, move on. Cause we do have to feel through it, but it's like you said earlier, we can't stay stuck in the, the feeling of it and the anger of it or the sadness of it. We have to make a decision today, the day, today's the day, something's going to be different. I'm going to do one thing differently. That's right. That's right. Well, when that gentleman asked me like, what do you like? And then of course, having our conversations, like, you know, hobbies or what you want, what do I want my life to be like? I want to have a fulfilled life and live for the purpose God created me for. I want to have meaning. My definition of meaning is different than anybody else's definition of meaning, but you can do meaning in your four walls. I will say though, I do as a sidebar, I think it's absolutely cruel that we haven't thought about the lack of human contact that this is imposing on single um, elderly people dying by themselves or not being allowed in hospitals. I mean, like that's, to me, that's evil. It really is. And it took us all a while. Um, It took me a while to even reach out and say, come here because we're not scared of you. So please come to our house. Right. And I think we have to find people who are ready to live a fulfilled life, regardless of what they're doing without my permission. Right. Or whatever is being told that, you know, the, the narrative of the day or the, you know, the, it's almost like we have, some people are ready to live and some people are still living in fear and wherever anybody's on the spectrum, Um, getting, if you're ready to live, live, get out there and live. If you're not ready to live, then, then you, there's things you can, that you would have to do to get through that. And that's, um, sorry, but you know, the other interesting thing is about like the mental quarantine. The other thing that really pissed me off and finally kicked, like made me realize and admit I was the one who was doing this to myself. Okay. I I can't blame. I've always said government's a false idol. I don't care which party is in control. I have always said it. And yet waiting for somebody to change the rules. So Shannon could go live her life. I mean, that's crazy. But the other thing is when one day a is the cure, then B is the cure. Then it's up, then it's down, then it's left, then it's right. And it messes with me. So I have to remove that. I had to, one of the things that I've had to do is I've had to remove myself from, it's really toxic. They have no idea about me. They have no idea about my family. They have no idea about what I'm trying to accomplish in my professional life, um, in my personal life, because they have no idea. Why am I listening to them? Right. Right. Why would I do that? You're like, you know who I am. If, if I need guidance, I'll call you or talk to somebody else. That has got to be something that I stick with. And I know you'll hold me accountable for because I can't listen to that. It changes every day. 
Well, and it's not a one size fits all solution for every single person for one thing. And and the other thing, when the, the fear, the amount of fear that was pushed through this whole thing in keeping people in a state of fear with, with that goal of keeping people scared, stuck at home, not wanting to interact with people, this chain reaction of all these other things that happen to a person when you, when you're sucked into that fear, right? The mental part, but even like physically what it does to your body. And so, you know, at this point for me, there's very little quote news that I consume. I might read through some headlines on telegram and get the gist of what's going on, but I'm not sitting there like I was before consumed in it because there was nothing good that came out of that for me. There was nothing good that came from continuing to consume negative information day in and day out. And that was a break, a mental break, like a mental behavior I had to break out of. So there, and I think there's a lot of other things that I'm probably still not even realizing that happened over the past year and a half that became these behaviors as a result of being at home and paying Mm -hmm. attention to that and being like, wait a minute, just like I did on the questioning why I did things previously. Now I I need to also question why I'm doing things currently. Why am I doing this? Why am I staying home? Why am I telling myself I can't have this or I I can't go there? or I can't do that. Why is that actually true sometimes, but generally, no, generally Mm -hmm. it's just me telling myself that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With absolutely with, without a, without a doubt, I don't know um, how, how else to say that it's, it's our own little we have to have the courage to be the person that we were designed to be. Right. And I noticed a really bad habit that I did. And it's, it's interesting that you were just saying, you don't even know the habits really that we've probably all developed in this past 18 or so months. Somehow I finally noticed that my most stressful days at work, again, not traveling, um, work from home. If I had a very stressful conversation at work, I would take my phone and go to all my favorite websites. And I don't know if it's proper terminology, but it was like a dopamine hit. Honest to goodness, I was feeding more. I felt bad. So I kept feeding bad. Yeah. I wanted to be enraged. I would do the same thing. I would want to continue to be enraged. So give me more that enrages me. Yes. And I don't know why I finally noticed I've read articles about that. And I, maybe that was in the abstract, but I really noticed. And then I'd get a headache by the end of the night. I might snap. Um, uh, I'd grab a glass of wine because now I'm, I'm anxious and I'm, I'm all sorts of pent up. And so I'm now redirecting when I feel that rage, it's get, it's so silly, but it is do 10 minutes of anything, anything, but anything, but what I'm doing. Yeah. It's a game that I'm playing and it seems to be working uh, for me and sunshine. That's the other thing about this physical quarantine. You know, I don't think that we're out there in life and, you know, life and getting that sunshine, but yeah, I had to remove myself from the toxic and I'm, I'm interested as humans, why we do it. I know. I, and I know that's, that's why do we always want, why do, I'm not going to say always, why is it easy to go to the negative instead of going to the positive? And I think it's, it's a lot of, it's what we're programmed to with the way we 
grew up in the indoctrination centers, the way that, you know, what's called news today is pumping that left and right, the way that we interact with each other, then it leads to this, you know, there's this, it's normal to have a, a negative conversation with somebody. It, it, for some people, I mean, I try not to do that. That doesn't always happen, but we've come to accept that as normal. And until we start to decide that, no, that's not normal. I'm not going to focus right. on that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, we, we, again, we have the choice. We have the power to change those habits and paying attention to them and what you've discovered about yourself over the last year and a half can, it's very eye-opening once you start to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. It, well, and I've told you before that I know, I've always known this about myself, but I'm only, again, only recently willing to really admit it out loud. Yeah. Um, I am like one of those, like 99% of the population who I choose comfort over discomfort almost any given time. And the hypocrisy of my own words, like when I'm telling my daughter, because I say it like I'm telling I'm so smart when it comes to parenting my daughter, I say all the right things. Growth is outside your comfort zone. Um, If you can believe it, you can achieve it. (laughs) I put note cards around the house, but I don't read or take those in and just the continual hypocrisy of my own voice finally got to me. Yeah. And I'm finally having to, I'm just trying to lead by example. And again, I'm trying to win, if you will, the argument by my actions, not by my words. And you are outstanding. I mean, you don't need a child to raise in order to think that you've always been um, very self-reflective. You've always been able to um, seek personal growth. So it's a talent that you have. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why you have such a successful podcast, because you you're you're out there giving and you're growing. I seek comfort, but now I know that comfort's not getting I mean, how's that working out for me? It's not working out. Right. Well, in the comfort where everybody likes that, you know, I've struggled with that over the years with the show, with uh, putting myself out there. And I felt like I always felt the most compelling stories were the ones that people told from personal experience. They told how they overcame something or how they dealt with something. They weren't afraid. They might've been, you know, scared or embarrassed or whatever about the situation. But the fact that you could see the humanness in them when they told those stories. And that's why I decided to do the show the way that I've done it is to be a human, show up as a human. And here's what I'm experiencing. Here's what I'm dealing with. And here's and, and in hopes that it helps other people see a new perspective, get a different way to do something or, or have the, the willingness or just have that one, cause you know, sometimes you'll read something, you'll hear somebody's story. And it's that one thing somebody says that propels you into the next phase or into the, to whatever it is for your situation. And I think that also, especially now helping everyone see that we're not alone in this. We're all going right. through something here. You're not alone. If you're struggling, you're not alone. Wherever you are on, on your journey, you're not alone. There's, no. uh, we're, we're all going through this. And so uh, Shannon, I want to thank you for coming on this week and talking about breaking out of the mental quarantine habits. This, is, uh, this has been a great conversation. But before we wrap up, can you leave the listeners with one piece of advice that you would suggest to break out of their mental quarantine? Well, one was like to do something for 10 minutes, just like, um, 
if I can give a little backstory, um, you know, I have been through really deep and dark depressions. And I remember, you know, it's like, okay, somebody would say like set a goal. Okay. So you want to run a half marathon. And I would be like, I honestly don't even know if I could like walk to the mailbox. And I'm like, I'm really not exaggerating. Like to me, since I already knew I wasn't going to be able to do a marathon, like why, why bother? Yeah. But I then heard somebody explain about there's that philosophy about you get up and you make your bed and I've never understood it. But very recently, what the person said, when you get up and you make your bed, you're not celebrating that you made your bed. You're celebrating what you didn't do. So as somebody myself who has been in mental quarantine and who has self-imposed bad habits When I am choosing to do something else for 10 minutes, I'm celebrating that I am no longer doing the bad thing that did not serve me. Right. So as cliche as it is, it's like you eat an elephant one bite at a time. You, you know, it's one step at a time, one foot forward. I'm now, I would advise the listeners to celebrate the, the one thing they're no longer doing. Yeah. And even if that's for me, even if it's only removing myself from a toxic environment um, for 10 minutes, or I'm choosing to meditate for 10 minutes. It's I'm celebrating that one thing. And that one thing might be different every day. Right. And you know, those small daily habits, that's what makes up our life. That's right. It does. I mean, it doesn't seem like it. We look at lives and we look at other people's lives and we think, oh, well, they got this thing because they, whatever, they took these giant leaps. Yes, but generally to get started, the person had to have done small steps to get to the giant leaps. And that's exactly that's right. what builds that momentum to get to the giant leaps also is to take that's those small okay. steps. So it does, I know it seems cliche. I know it seems kind of like, oh, I've tried that or, you know, whatever the excuse might be, but that is life. That is life. What you're doing today in the next hour, two hours, that's life. That's your that's life. Exactly it's, right. it's begun. It's here. It's on you. It's, you know, so the, the, the choices, how are you going to, handle that? How are you going to show up to that? And that would be my advice um, today is deciding, making that decision of how you're going to show up and what do you choose for yourself? Yes. Shannon, thanks for joining me this week. This has been a great unscripted conversations with friends. I love this. Can we do it again, Sloan? Yes, we definitely can. We definitely can. I, um, I enjoy uh, learning from you. um, But of course, I also enjoy being your friend. So thanks so much for having me on. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you listeners for joining this week on the create what you speak podcast. Make sure to visit sloanfremont.com. You can sign up on the right-hand side of my website and get notified every time a new podcast goes live. Uh, While you're at it, if you found value in the show, I'd love it if you would leave a review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget, I have my Create What You Speak Academy, createwhatyouspeak.com. And that is where you get to take what you learn from the show and apply it one step further in your own life. All right. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in next week where I will continue to give you real life solutions on how to live free in an unfree world. Mm -hmm.